And now, The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. Welcome to The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Jen Rout, and with me as always is my imaginary sidekick, Ben Needenthal. <laughs> I'm not actually here, folks. Right. Hi, how are you? Great, how are you doing today? I'm just fine. I've got, I, I've had a good day so far. That's so. good. Are you ready to talk about some real estate issues? Oh, more than anything. <laughs> yes. So what's, what is our topic this week? All right, well... Today is about first-time home buyers and what to expect in that process and what it means legally and all of that good stuff because buying a house for most people is the biggest investment they will ever make. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I mean I, I'm a homeowner, so I, I can't say that I, I can't pretend like I don't know anything about this because I've gone through the process, but I can, I can assure you that if you haven't done it yet, it's a process and it's not a pleasant process all the time, so... Nope, and a lot of people are concerned about where they start, what they do, who are all these people at a closing, and what is a closing, and what do all of these different people do, and this episode today is meant to help shed some light on some of those topics. Okay, cool. All right. Well, then, uh, how do we start off, then? Well, first things first, when you're buying the house, you got to know how much you can afford. So, before you even (laughs) really start looking... (laughs) If you're looking at... You know, million dollar homes and, you know, you're working at, uh, you know, the late shift at McDonald's. It's probably not a good match. Absolutely. And the thing is, um, you really need to find a lender to work with. And a lot of people like to go play online and, you know, they go to whatever, find your loan site and this is how much house I can afford. And then they start looking and then they finally go to a lender and the lender breaks the bad news that... Well, once you add in the HOA dues or whatever else, you can't afford that house. You can't afford shit. Yeah. Right. Well, not necessarily, but you can't afford that shit. Right. Right. So, really, first and foremost, you got to choose a lender, and that that's very important. And you know, the fact is, you want to have a relationship with this person. Right. And I would argue that it's better to choose someone. That is a person versus just working through an online bank for a couple reasons. First, a lot of your big national banks that are the online banks that you can apply for a loan and do everything online and never talk to a person, well, there's a couple problems. One, often they charge higher fees at closing, which can cost you thousands of dollars. Hang on. You are telling me that the corporations don't actually give a shit about me? I know you're shocked. Get out of here. Right. Come on. But that's why it's important to find a person because if you a person screws up your loan, you're going to go back to that person. Right. And that person's going to be in deep trouble. Right. And the analogy would be like, you know, you, if you go if you need to have surgery, you the you don't have surgery performed by a hospital. You have surgery performed by a doctor. You know, so it's like it's you need to find somebody who's a specialist in the thing that you need. And if it's real estate and, and lending, find a lender. That, right. Yeah. 
and an actual person who can talk through your circumstances and who will know what other programs are out there. In Ohio right now, we have a lot of down payment assistance programs um, that your big lenders, your national ones that don't have a banking location where you can go meet with someone. You know, this would be the completely online people. They don't know this Hmm. and they're not talking to you about what you may qualify for. So it's a great way to go find someone. Then hmm. you want to shop or shop those lenders and make sure you know what their fees are going to be and what your interest rate is. Right. Um, and after all of that, you get a pre-approval letter. And that pre-approval letter says how much house you can afford. That's basically like you're essentially think of it like a, this is what's in the bank account of things you can buy. Right. So here's your price limit. Right. That's your price limit. And they have already told you what your um, monthly mortgage should be roughly mm-hmm. with that amount. So then you find a realtor or you can do it on your own. I would argue a good realtor is worth their weight in gold because mm. they know things. Okay. Um, they know the areas, they know the schools, they know the crime levels. Yeah. They know things to look for in a house that you may not think of because you're just going, oh, it's a pretty house. <laughs> it's great. Um, and then they also, especially if you're moving to a new city or something like that. Absolutely. I mean, if it's your hometown, you should probably already know those locations and whatnot. But I mean, you know, having somebody who actually knows knows is again worth its weight in gold. Absolutely, because this is the biggest investment you will make outside of education, depending on what your education level is. Right. But even then, normally the higher the education, the higher dollar of the house. House is normally more than the education. Yep. So. You definitely want to look at that. Um, realtors also will help you draft the contract when it comes time. And that's very important because that sets the foundation. It is a legal document that defines the terms of the real estate deal. And that's huge. And it includes things like who is paying for the closing costs, who's paying for the prepaids, what are prepaids. Most people don't know what those are, but those are fees and expenses that the lender is going to take up front. Mm. Um, for instance, if you were to close your loan on the, your home in November, your first payment would be due January 1st. Okay. It will include all of your interest that has accrued in December. It will not accru- include all of the interest that accrues in November. The bank takes that up front at closing as a prepaid. Mm. Well, in the contracting process, you can contract as the buyer for the seller to give you money towards closing costs and prepaids. So it's saving you money and coming out of the seller's pocket. A Hmm. real estate agent knows these trends, knows the local custom, and can help negotiate on your behalf and will make sure everything is included in that contract so everything goes according to the contract and there's not fighting over what something means or not. Okay. Okay. So that's very important. Other things that will be included in that contract besides the sales price, I think that's pretty obvious. Um, but it'll be what's being left in the house. If, if someone hands you a contract without a price tag on it, don't, don't, sign, don't it. sign it. That's very bad. <laughs> right. Bad. That's like writing a blank check. Yes. Don't sign it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it'll say what, for instance, appliances are staying in the house, Mm -hmm. Um, how long you have to inspect the house, 
what are you going to do with um you have you have your pre-approval letter now you have so many days to get a loan commitment which is really the bank saying yes we're going to issue the loan Mm -hmm. to this buyer right um who the title company is what kind of search is going to be provided who's going to issue the title insurance or what kind of insurance and who is paying for it Mm. and especially for buyers it's important to find out who if anyone is going to pay for a home warranty because a home warranty is generally something at least in central ohio that often the seller pays for it's for the buyer's benefit Mm. and it's basically a one-year warranty on your house yep so if something breaks you know you move in in the middle of august some your air conditioner breaks you call the home warranty company they come out and fix it depending on the company sometimes there's a deductible sometimes there's not that's having a good realtor who knows to negotiate for the good home warranty company very important yeah we lucked out on that because we we got the home warranty here in ohio when we bought our house um and it, it was one of those where it was included and we ended up keeping it for several years just because there were occasionally things that would come up and and when we got the house the the uh the furnace isn't original to the house but it was not shortly after the house was actually constructed that they put in this particular unit and this thing could go at any time and it's like i joke every summer i'm like i'm gonna go out there and and sabotage the (laughs) the ac unit just so i can get a new one under the warrant i don't know what happened to it it was smothered in blankets i couldn't tell what happened so i I literally cannot do that now because i just said that on and it's recorded not in the wide world right and they would probably figure it out yeah yeah probably figured out so but yeah no it's having that is is great because i mean if your furnace goes out i mean that's five thousand bucks right and, and most people don't have that kind of money laying around and it gets into a whole nightmare if that's you know not something you can do exactly so having a realtor who knows what the local customs are the good companies for warranties and the good inspectors because one of the you know this is the biggest purchase you're going to make you need someone who knows what they're looking at Mm -hmm. and the fact is home inspectors can go take a weekend course and have a little certificate that says i'm a home inspector is that really the case yes oh my god so you could have somebody who's really (laughs) not qualified (laughs) house looks good to me it's upside down and it's fine (laughs) right and you know i have had a rash of cases lately where the inspector missed something crucial Mm. like mold all through the hvac system that was visible in the vents wow oops that's not good no and that's a several thousand dollar fix to abate and to find the issue of what's causing the mold right it's a big deal yeah and in this case the inspector's insurance actually paid because the inspector missed it but or the inspector paid may not have been his insurance but he wrote a check yeah because he missed it Hmm. so having a realtor who knows the good inspectors or knowing who the good inspectors are very important yeah so you've now got your loan kind of in order now you're out and you have a realtor you're looking for a house and now you start looking around Well, we find your house and we make an offer. The offer is actually the contract. That's what a realtor will help you do. If you choose to not have a realtor, 
that's still fine, but I would tell you having an attorney look it over is very important. Here in Columbus, Ohio, we have a form contract that's used by the Columbus Board of Realtors, um, also signed off on by the Columbus Bar Association, and it's a form contract that most realtors use. Not all, though. Hmm. And sometimes there's weird things in a contract or they have the seller is doing a for sale by owner and they've chosen to write their own contract hmm. which is on all a bar we, napkin right <laughs> that's and, dubious yes and you could be missing important terms yeah so if you're dealing with a for sale by owner you may want to engage an attorney to look this contract over or even if you have a realtor it's probably worth, I mean, again, biggest investment you're going to make, have an attorney look yeah. over your contract. If you're going to spend $150,000 on something, maybe have an expert look. Right. Make sure there's not anything missing. Have them look over the title search. Have them look over your closing documents yeah. to make sure things are correct. Right. A few hundred dollars could save you a lot in the long run. Yeah. Um, so I definitely recommend that. But now you have found your house. You have you have your realtor writing up the contract. What else do you have to sign? Um, well, there's several documents. Um, first, if the house was built before 1978, there is a lead-based paint disclosure and a um, pamphlet that you, as the buyer, have to get and have to sign off on. It essentially says, "Don't eat paint chips." <laughs> lead-based paint is bad. It can hurt children. Yep. Those kind of things. Kind you of know. important. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, yeah. our laws require you to sign off that you've reviewed that pamphlet and that you understand that you are buying a house built before 1978. Stupid law stepping over all over the farm. I know. You know. So that, that's one important disclosure. Okay. The other important disclosure is the residential real estate disclosure. And whether the house was built in 1978 before or after or any time, if it's residential, you have to do a disclosure. That is with a real estate agent or without real estate disclosure, very important. Okay. And what that is, is that's where the seller tells you everything that's wrong with the house. Okay. All right. So like, you know squeaky null post or, or something like that or or um we had a roof leak in the kitchen okay here's how we repaired it okay. we did that in 19 there's a crack in the basement that we repaired and and it's 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 fine it just looks nasty but it's structurally sound it's been inspected yes okay or um what how old the furnace is how often it's been serviced mm -hmm. um any leaks any, any issues with mold all of that that is in the seller's knowledge okay has to be disclosed okay now here's a question what if it's something like what if it's uh, in a, the, i think the term is stigmatized home is that something that's in this particular portion of like the disclosure like if there was a, a like a murder or a suicide or anything like that no no that is not this is just your actual structure issues okay so mechanical, electrical, um, plumbing, okay, uh, actual foundation, roof, ghosts, no ghosts. <laughs> um, although if someone was murdered there, as a general rule, yeah, yeah, I've got actually some friends who don't live far from here that that actually bought a uh, it was a they call it the murder house <laughs> and. It's a, there was a murder suicide. It's a tragic story, and of course we're laughing at it like oh murder house, but you know, but it, the, in that situation, I mean, they got a screw. 
screaming deal on this house because it sat vacant for so long. And it's something shitty happened there at one point that, you know, probably doesn't affect the current condition of the house. And there's a large hole in the floor on the second floor, but that's because they had to remove a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> you know, but yeah, so... That's not anything that we're talking about? or no, That's not okay. what we're talking about. We're talking about physical defects okay. with the house. Well, leave it to me to, to uh, get us off topic. No, so. quite all right, because that <laughs> that is an issue. And actually, it's often asked, does a realtor or seller have to disclose if something bad happened in the house, um, such as a murder? Yeah. Or if someone died there? Yeah. And the answer is? Generally, no. Wow. So, the fact is, if someone dies in their home... If you go in there and there's chalk outlines, though, you're pretty, you know, pretty safe bet something safe bet. something bad happened. Safe bet. Yeah. But, um, you know, people die in their homes the all the time. The walls in here are a lovely shade of red. What is that? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> they might need a, someone to stage the house a little yeah, better at a that little point. Yeah, a little better, yeah. Um. But it's just, it's an important thing. I always ask my real estate friends, like, so how many times have you had to disclose ghosts? And I, I've had a few of them that have been like, no, I've had to mention something because like sometimes there are people that are like, no, this this place is haunted, and the seller, the buyer needs to know that that's the case. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I feel like a lot of that is probably seller driven, though. I think it is. Um, and you know, when in doubt, disclose. Yeah. Because what you don't want to have happen is for the buyer to come back on the seller and say, you knew whatever it was. You knew there was a fucking poltergeist in this house. And you didn't tell me? And you didn't say anything. You didn't tell me to call him Sam. My and... daughter lives in the TV now. What the hell is going on? <laughs> right. Right. Um, so it's always better to disclose. But right. at the same time, you know, if something happened, you know, someone passed away for natural causes. And we're lucky here in the States because, like, all of our buildings are less than 200 years old. Like, think about, like, Europe where it's, like, all of their buildings are, like, less than 2,000 years old. You know? I mean, yeah. it's that's a different animal altogether. Absolutely. So, disclose. When disclose. in doubt, yeah. disclose. Yeah. Um, so, after you have now contracted, you've gotten your real estate disclosure and your lead-based paint disclosure, if it's necessary... You have a certain time to have the house inspected. After that point, you get a remedy period, and that's based on your contract. And generally speaking, that's a time for the buyer to go back to the seller and say, hey, the inspector found A, B, C, and D. So let's just say there's a hole in the roof, this pipe is leaking. And there's a poltergeist. And there's a poltergeist. And then the seller gets to come back and say, here's what we're going to do about it. Um... Often, if it's something simple, they will go ahead and fix it. Yeah, because it's worth. I mean, it the cost of a contractor a couple hundred bucks to fix a, a leaky roof or something like that is, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, drop in the bucket. Exactly. No pun intended there. <laughs> seriously. Or the other thing they will do is give you a credit. So, for instance, um, a big issue around Central Ohio is radon. Oh yeah. Yeah, radon's everywhere. Um, and if you have a basement, it is leaking in somewhere. Hmm. So then there's radon mitigation. Hmm. Okay. Well, sometimes there's other stuff happening with the house that you're gonna do, and that needs to be part of the closing where we hold back money, or they're gonna give you money to pay the radon mitigation, but for whatever reason they're not doing it ahead of time. Okay. So that's part of the contracting pre um, process. Um, part of the whole 
process of buying a house. So you then work through your remedy period and then you're going to sit and wait for a while. <laughs> I remember that part. Right. There's a lot of waiting. It's frustrating. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. It's almost yeah. like you're in the military. Yeah. Um, so what you really do then is, or what's happening then is the lender is working through all of their requirements to make sure they can issue the loan and that you're protected and everything is in order. Okay. So specifically, they're having the house appraised because they want to make sure that they're issuing a loan for a house that appraises at about the loan value or higher. Okay. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Protect, Protect your investment. Yeah. Right. And they're protecting their collateral. Sure. Because that's their collateral. Yeah. Um, at the same time, any remedies are happening. And then the title company is searching the property. And what that means is when you buy a house, you get a deed. And the deed is your title to the real estate. That is saying that you own the real estate. Okay. And we want, at the day of closing, when you get title, we want you to have clear and marketable title, which means that you can sell that house to anyone you wish and it is not otherwise encumbered. Okay. Okay, so your first encumbrance on your clear title is going to be your mortgage so that's the first lien on the property okay we know it's there it's okay if the seller has one it's getting paid off at closing so we're not worried about it right but we want to make sure there's no other issues some of the common issues include someone with a similar name having a bunch of judgments against them that have attached to your property as well ah um because john smith was a bad guy and john smith has judgments and john smith's judgments have attached to all of his real estate it's similar to uh, years ago i used to work and i sold cable on the phone and there was a similar thing where it's like if somebody previously lived at this address and they never paid their bill and the new person happens to share like a similar name or Mm -hmm. share the last name then no dice we're not selling to you right yeah so the title company will get affidavits and check it out and make sure that John Smith's liens are, re- that's really not the John Smith who is selling you the house. Right, right. Because they don't want you to have a problem later. Right. So it checks for liens, judgments. Um, a title search will include searching county records, um, federal court records, and county uh, court records. Okay. Among other things. But I mean, that's the big three right there. Okay. So while you're sitting there waiting, planning your wallpaper, whatever you're planning. <laughs> wallpaper. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who it's, uses wallpaper? It's 1974. Sure. You know. Sure. Um, so what, while you're doing all of that, your professionals are reviewing everything. If you've hired an attorney, they are looking over everything that the title company has found and everything the lender is sending to make sure that the documents are all in order and that there are no issues with your house. Okay. If you're buying with a homeowners association or a condo where there's a condo association, there are documents that have to be ordered and information gathered so you know that you're buying with one of these associations that they have monthly or yearly dues and because they have dues, here's what you get for those dues. Okay. It also tells you what all your restrictions are. For instance, you can't paint your house purple or whatever it is. <laughs> Or any flower beds that are unkempt will get you a fine. And yes, condo associations will fine you certain ones. Yep. 
Um, so Not a fan a, of those. No, me either. <laughs> but, you know, they're out there. And there are a lot of benefits, especially if you are a busy young professional or an elderly person and you don't want the yard work. Right. You don't want to have to plow your driveway. Right. Um, so there's a lot of reasons to buy in those areas, but you do need to understand what you're subjecting yourself to. Yeah. Um, because they can be a bit difficult to deal with from time to time. Yeah. I've also heard that they're difficult to sell as well. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, especially here in Columbus, because I think it's like, you know, it's like there's like five companies that just put them up like crazy. You know? Absolutely. And there's only a few that do the property management right. of those. And there's a couple that are not well liked by most homeowners. So we're not naming any names here, but no we, know, names. we know who we're talking about. Right. Yeah. So it's during this time of waiting that we discover all of that information and we present it to you. So you are making an informed decision. Um, now there are also new closing disclosures that we are required to give buyers. Okay. Um, and this, these were put out by the CFPB, um, and we call it TRID, but really it is combining the TILA RESPA, um, disclosures. So that's the Truth in Lending Act and the... So wait a minute, that's an, that's an acronym inside an acronym? Oh Yeah. We like lots of acronyms in the real estate world. You fucking lawyers. I, I know. It's terrible. Um, like NASA. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but so we have the Truth in Lending and then we have the Real Estate Settlement Procedures Act. Okay. Um, which are the two important acts that affect real estate disclosures. It really is governing what the banks have to tell you. Um, and now under the new rules... Anything, any loan disclosed after October 3rd of 2015, you have to have at least three days to review your closing disclosure. And this is a good thing because it used to be you'd show up at closing and this is the first time you're seeing your settlement statement, mm. which shows where all the money's going and mm. you don't know heads or tails about what it is. Gotcha. So now you get three days to look at it, talk to your attorney about it, talk to your realtor about it, make sure it's correct, and know how much money you're bringing to closing. Okay. It used to be that they could tell you an hour before closing, hey, X dollars. And you'd have to run to the bank, get a certified check, or have it wired to the title company. That's insane. So now you get three days. So that's a very good thing. Yeah, definitely. So eventually you finally come to closing and at the closing table you will have normally your sellers on one side buyers on another probably both their realtors if there's realtors involved nerf guns shooting across absolutely um <laughs> or a keys being thrown anyways um <laughs> perhaps the lender if you've worked with a local lender often the lender will come just to make sure everything goes smoothly and there's no problems then you'll have someone from the title company who actually walks you through your documents. Okay. Um, and that's really where you go through everything. Now, in a closing, you will sign tens and tens of documents, up to 100 easy. Yeah. I had my attorney in the room, and he's just, just sign it. It's right. Fine. <laughs> um, the vast majority of what you're signing are federally required notices. Yeah. In fact, there is one that is labeled U.S. Patriot Act. Um, where the closer is checking your ID to write down all of your information, and it is a way for them to certify that you are not a terrorist and funneling money to terrorist organizations. Hmm. Because, you know, a simple person checking your driver's license is going to be able to tell <laughs> if you're a terrorist or not. 
<laughs> right. Makes complete yeah. sense. But this Perfect. is one of those things that is just a form that is on there the title company has to fill out. Then they will go over your closing disclosure, your note, your mortgage, and everything else that's included. The big ones you're signing are the note and the mortgage. The note is the legal obligation that says, yes, I will pay back the money. The mortgage is the security instrument that ties the note to the house. So basically, that's what they will use to foreclose. Okay. If you pay, you stay. If you don't, you won't. That's the gist. Yep. Um, you could read every word in a mortgage. They are very exciting reading. Most of them are 20 to 30 pages long. Ugh. Right. <laughs> You do not need to read every no. word for the most part. No. It's important to understand the highlights. Yeah. Go over that with your realtor, your attorney, your lender. Um, or if you have a good closing title company, um, they will explain the highlights. Uh, but outside of that, it's a bunch of legalese and all of the stuff that the lenders, the banks, have to do if they're going to foreclose, including all of their notices that they're required to give you. Okay. So... Now, can, when you read legalese as a lawyer, can you like translate it on the fly, like a different yes. language? Seriously? Yes. Okay, because like I, I, I can make a pretty good go at some of it, but some of it I'm not. I, I don't know what the hell they're saying. Yeah. And there's I, like double and triple negatives sometimes. And it's like what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, about ten years ago, they actually there has been a shift in. Um, our legal education system to shift to plain language versus yeah. the where to fours and herewiths and right. all of the Latin ridiculousness because nobody could understand what anyone was saying. Um, so well, they're people are really, so fluent in Latin these days. Absolutely. Dead language is <laughs> barely spoken unless you're at the Vatican, but you know, um, <laughs> it's important to understand what you're signing. Right. And so there has been a shift, including in your notes and mortgages, for plain language nice. that says, this is what you owe. For instance, in a note, it'll say how much your principal and interest is, what your um, total amount being borrowed is, uh, when your late penalty is. For most notes and mortgages, you are not late until after the 15th of the month. Okay. Um, that's the standard. So, you know, if you're setting up automatic payments, you can set it up on the 10th or 12th. Let's still always give the bank a few days cushion. Right. Just because, you know, they have to process stuff. Yeah. But you don't have to be right on the 1st. Right. Because you have this cushion and it's described in these legal documents that you're signing. And a good closer will explain that to you. If you don't have a good closer, and sometimes you don't, sometimes you have someone who's just going to sign here and here and here <laughs> and pointing at paper. Well, that's not helping you. Right. You need to know what you're signing. Yeah. So now that you have this three-day rule, you can take some time to look over everything and ask any questions. So that's very important. Gotcha. And after that, you take possession and move in. Get keys and... Yep. Um, again, it kind of varies by custom. In central Ohio, it's pretty customary to get possession at closing. Mm -hmm. um, up north, Cleveland area um, of Ohio, uh, it's normally 30 days after closing. Oh, wow. Right. That seems odd to me. Um, and maybe it's just because I'm a central Ohio person, but legally from... It's Cleveland, nothing ever makes sense at a Cleveland. <laughs> right. But, you know, that being said, we all love Cleveland. Go Browns. I don't. Um, but, 
you're giving someone you take title of a house but you don't get to live there for 30 days yeah well what happens if the seller who has to move out within 30 days damages the house yeah what if they're moving out and they you know the the bed falls through the the floor or something like that or some crazy thing happens they catch the house on fire and burn it, burns. it to the ground right. yeah that seems weird right who you know a couple days less risk 30 days seems like a long time right whose insurance does that fall under well i would guess that it's probably the seller but i don't but know. they no longer are entitled to the house so what happens Ugh. so it can create some issues which is why you want good contracting right so that's why a good realtor or a real estate attorney will help you with some of those nuances okay and because they will know the local custom they can help you through that um because it does it just varies um same thing who pays for title insurance uh what is title insurance and what they need to know about it they will explain those kind of things to you it's important um but, you know, all of those things are based on local custom. So you're really negotiating through local custom who pays for title insurance, who pays the conveyance tax, which is a price per dollar um, paid to the treasurer for the sales tax, essentially. But okay. it's conveyance tax because it's real estate. Um, who's paying for the home warranty? Is there a home warranty? Are there any seller credits? All of that stuff that's all part of the negotiation that's why having a professional on your side very important okay okay but yeah yeah. after all of that you know you're a homeowner congratulations go mow your grass exactly (laughs) (laughs) and welcome to the many joys because within the first six months something is going to go catastrophically wrong so a pipe will break somewhere or something like that. You know what we when we bought our house, it was flipped by a dude who won the lottery several years earlier, oh. and so it, as like just for fun, he was a house flipper, and he had his his brother come in and his brother not the sharpest tool in the shed, but he uh, he he put in all the stuff. He put in the tile wrongs, so the tiles all screwed up, but he also put in the dishwasher and hooked it up plugged it in and didn't turn the water line onto it and we ran it like three or four times and kind of went why why is it just it, there's no water it's, it's this horrible smell coming out of here it's not actually washing anything oh no didn't just turn the damn thing on so yeah. we, we ended up lucking out but i mean it's that's the kind of thing i mean obviously the inspector didn't catch it but i mean who the hell looks for that well you right know? you're not going to catch something like that or right. something hidden right um but yeah i mean ho- home ownership is an investment yes and it is something that you know you can choose to rent and that cost is only ever going to go up it's money or in you, a toilet is what it is right you or know? you can choose to own yeah but if you're going to own you want to make sure that you've surrounded yourself with good people mm-hmm. who can help you through the process because it is a process and it's documents that for the most part most people don't look at every right. day so unless you're in the mortgage industry yourself or in the title business, or something where you look at this all the time, it's your biggest investment. Protect it by having someone who knows what they're doing, helping you through the process, and being by your side every step of the way. Perfect. Love it. Great. All right, so that covers the, that, the real estate thing, okay? Yep. All right, well, then I have our uh, our traditional uh, lawyer joke of the week here to end, uh, and uh, today's is... Uh, what do you call 25 skydiving lawyers? 
I just don't know. Skeet. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today on The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout, and uh, we will see you next time. This program is meant to be informative in nature and does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.